You're listening to Go Go Stop Go, a show about major events, issues, and turning points in people's lives. I'm your host, Jay Badenhope. Some listeners have asked me where I got the title for this show. The answer starts with the death of my mom in August 2016. For months after that, I kept my routine of full-time work and parenting, but I was struggling. This past summer, I took a few months off from my busy go-go-go career in tech after I was feeling overwhelmed and realized I needed to take better care of myself. That break was the stop. I feel fortunate I had the means and eventually gave myself permission to take that time off to establish a routine that includes more time with friends and others who support and encourage me. The last go in the show title is about my optimism for the future, as I'm now back at work and I feel I'm more accepting and balanced, growing as a professional, a husband, a father, and a friend, and grateful to have time to work on this show. One of my goals is to make it easier for people to talk about difficult personal situations, to replace taboo and awkwardness with healing and connection, I do that by sharing my experience and giving a platform to others who want to share their stories. Today I have a conversation with Nancy Hidzima. Nancy worked with my mom, Phyllis Badenhope, in San Diego. That's where I grew up and where my mom lived for more than 45 years, from the late 60s until the last year or so of her life. If you want more background on my mom, listen to episodes 1 and 4, which featured chats with Joyce, a close friend she knew since college in Missouri in the 1950s, and Marge, another close friend with whom she taught in Spain in the 1960s. There were a couple surprises for me in this conversation. One was the nature of Nancy's relationship to my mom. I remember my mom talking about Nancy and her husband Butch many times when I was growing up, but it turns out I made some incorrect assumptions. Another surprise came with the words Nancy used to describe my mom. These were words I wouldn't have used, but also that I couldn't disagree with. I appreciate her perspective as it helps me better understand my mom. More broadly, I'd like to think I'm able to change my assumptions when I get new information. Nancy talks about working alongside my mom at a public daycare center for many years. She sees a connection between her background in sociology and psychology and how she had a lot of sympathy for struggling parents and children she'd meet at the center. Nancy recalls how she felt sometimes that sympathy put her at odds with my mom, who, as the child center supervisor, was her boss. Nancy and I also share stories about losing parents, including how the loss of her father made it hard for her to enjoy Thanksgiving for many years. As we get into the 2017 holiday season, I'm reminded that the 2016 holidays were difficult for me as the first without my mom. From going to grief groups, I know that the holidays can be difficult for many people in mourning, especially if you lost someone at this time of year like Nancy did. From this past July, here's my phone conversation with Nancy Hedzima. and I worked with Phyllis for several years at De Anza Children's Center. I was the clerk, and she was uh, head of the center, and we worked for several years together. She was a hard worker. She was very, very conscientious. In fact, I was invited to, to Jay to your wedding, and I was able, unable to go, and I was sad. And, and uh, just to be clear, um, De Anza, that's in, uh, in what part of San Diego? Allied Gardens. I worked for her, yeah, there for several years. We lived near there. Now we live in Coronado. 
you could have chosen to do a lot of different things with your time. Why did you end up working with San Diego City Schools as opposed oh, to anything else? Well, Butch was in Vietnam. I I decided to just do something kind of temporarily, and I substituted at the children's centers, not the one with your mother. I didn't meet her till later, but I just I don't. I just continued doing that. I enjoyed it. I wanted to be a what did I want to be? I think I wanted to be a probation officer or something. Oh, really? Which is ridiculous. I mean, you know. But, Why is that ridiculous? Well, I don't think I have the personality or anything to be a, a probation officer. But anyway. That's so, interesting, though. Why was that something that might have appealed to you? Oh, well, because I was a psychology and sociology major. I thought that it would be interesting, but I I would have had to have a master's or, you know, and I, I didn't. So I just continued what I'd done while, while Butch was in Vietnam. Went to work for city schools as a kind of a clerk type work. That's right, but I didn't enjoy that, mm. and I wish I I wish I hadn't because I'm being a clerk was not that interesting to me. No. Um, but I, as I told you, I was I enjoyed the interaction with the mothers, so I used my kind of my sociology type huh. of work. The counselor would come in and ask me which mothers I should talk to. That was comforting to me to be able to help them. You had told me a story about how um, just having empathy for people, how mm-hmm. how important mm-hmm. that was for you. And I think you had shared a story about, I mean, this is also interesting to sort of show, like, you know, your yeah. perspective on things perhaps sometimes different from my mom's. And you had talked right. about, you had right. told me a story about a girl who was going to go to a graduation. Right. It was a girl that was in in the center. I told you that her mother was bipolar and mm. her father was an alcoholic. The mother would come by the center and cause all kinds of havoc. She really wasn't herself. I mean, she had all kinds of problems. One night, it was time for her to graduate from sixth grade. Her mother took her down to Mission Valley and just left her there, I think with her little brother, Nancy's referring to a shopping mall in Mission Valley. To pick out a, a graduation dress and just left her in Mission Valley all by herself in, in the evening. So she called me, and I went and picked her up from Mission Valley and helped her pick out a dress and took her back home. And then the next day, I told your mother that I was going to go up to her graduation because she had no mother to come. I don't think your mother said no, but she wasn't too happy about it. But I, mm-hmm. I just told her. I had to go because this girl had no other people to be. And then her mother came in with her hair all sticking out and and started yelling right in the middle of the graduation. And so I just went up in front and sat right there and, and you know, was there for her. And that kind of thing was the type of thing that, you know, that wasn't part of my work at all, but it it helped me keep, you know, keep in contact with mothers that needed help, and that was that was kind of more my... That, that was really important for you. It sounds like that yeah, was really motivating for you. Yeah, satisfaction of being able to help. I think when we had talked before, you'd mentioned, I think you saw my mom as like being very like literal or by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, very much and, so. and you told me a story about when your daughter was oh, in yes. Idaho <laughs> at, the, at the airport. <laughs> it's not a a happy story, but it was that was how your mother was. She was very by the book and very honest, but as I said, very literal. And when my daughter, I told you when my daughter was 
She was only like 11. She stayed with some friends up in Idaho that had been our next-door neighbors who had a daughter her age. They took her to the airport. They were very sweet, but they left. She was supposed to get on the plane. And then after they left, they canceled the flight and were going to put her on. She was all by herself, and they were going to put her on a plane to Salt Lake City, and she was going to spend the night in Salt Lake City. Oh, no. And here she was, and she didn't know who to go to or call. And so that's when she called the center, collect, to talk to me and ask me what she she should do. And your mother wouldn't accept the collect call. Because my mom, my mom answered the phone. <laughs> yes, and she wouldn't accept the collect call because it would probably cost about 50 cents or something. But uh-huh. it's so funny because, I mean, what does it... You know, I'm sure city schools could afford to have somebody, you know, accept a call, but that was how she was. But then it worked out because I had been gone. I came back to the center, and then Amy called again. And, oh, and the people that had left her there came back. I thought they were going to leave and go somewhere else, but they came back and saw her and put her on the next plane. So anything worked out, but I was a little unhappy I'm sorry. I bet. I bet. No, that's fine. That's fine. I saw you in photos at my mom's retirement party, and I just remember hearing your name a lot when I was a kid. But, you Mm -hmm. know, a lot of these things are blurry for me. Like, How would you describe your relationship with my mom outside of work? I didn't really socialize with her out of work. No, I didn't. We went to her retirement party, which was very nice at the beach. When did you get married? 2004. Okay. So she invited me to go with her to your wedding, and I couldn't go for some reason. I can't even remember. But she wanted me to come up and spend the night in a hotel, I believe, with her and um, go to your wedding. Uh And I think she had pictures later that she showed me sometime of the wedding or of her And I was always sorry that I didn't go because, you know, that was so nice of her to, and I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. It would have been very nice. I don't know if I couldn't go because I was working or I I could have taken time off. But anyway, I didn't, and I was always sorry because that that was so sweet of her to invite me. I don't know why she felt close, that close to me at that time, but we would go to parties. I think I sent a picture to you of she and I sitting together. It's interesting for me because I do remember hearing your name a lot, but I also remember that usually our home was really quiet. I don't think my mom did a lot of entertaining. I don't think she went out very much. I remembered her talking about some of her neighbors, and I remember her doing some remodeling. She used to talk about friends that she had taught with in Europe because she had worked in many bases overseas and right. and had taught and always sounded like such an interesting, interesting life. At this point, Nancy shared some other ways in which my mom was more focused on work than socializing. In today's language, I would say my mom was on the introverted side of the introvert-extrovert scale. Then we changed topics and talked about loss, starting with me losing my parents. Now, part of why I'm doing this recording project and, and interviewing mm-hmm. people who knew my mom is when I reflect on my relationship with my dad, we weren't nearly as close as, as my mom and I were. 
Mm-hmm. And also, I, I didn't really make much time after he died. I, think I had a week or so off. I didn't really sit with it very much, and, and I am taking time to do that now. And because I, I didn't take so much time before, a lot of stuff, even related to my dad, so many years later, it's, it's still coming up for me. I'm sorry that you not are taking it so hard, but I'm, I think it's very admirable that you're doing what you're doing. I told you about my father and how that went, and, you know, when I went in and didn't even recognize him, and he died just a couple hours after I finally saw him. Would you mind retelling that story? I, I don't know if it, if it would be too much. No, of course not. Because you were, you were telling me that was when you were stationed in Austin, Texas? Yes. Uh-huh. I didn't even know he was ill. My father and mother had just come to see us about a year before, I guess. They were in Long, Long Beach, and then my mother called Butch and t- told him that my father was ill but didn't didn't tell him the extent. Or I, as I said, I told you I would have taken a plane. But right, you ended up taking the bus. Yes, and I was, you know, pregnant. And then I got there on the bus, and my they took me directly to the hospital. I think it was a veterans hospital in Long Beach. Didn't tell me how serious it was. I don't know if my mother was just in denial, maybe, you know. Yeah. And then I went in, and, and I didn't even recognize him. He was in a room with maybe eight other gentlemen. I didn't even recognize him because he was so, it was kidney, so he was very, I don't know, but he was very yellow. You know, I don't yeah, know. yeah. So then I finally recognized him and I walked over and I put my hand on his, on my stomach and I, I said, I think it's a little girl. And, you know, because I had no idea how aware he was of anything. I just knew that, as I told you, that he had been gone from the time I was eight months old till I was over three. In World War II. Yes. Uh huh. He was in Guam and I had been married by that time for several years hadn't had a child, I thought, oh, he's going to really be happy when the baby comes and finally have a, a, a grandchild. I spoke to him and told him I'd be right back, and then I went back to my mother's house, and I was taking a bath, and she came in and said, your, fa- you know, your father just passed away. I guess he had just been waiting to see me because no. after he saw me, then he just he died. I just remember from when we talked about the story of your father the last time, you mentioned that this has been, I think you said, 47 years and you're still right. thinking about him. Well, I do on Thanksgiving, uh-huh, and I have all my, I have pictures of him and things, cards that he gave me. And, and Thanksgiving, uh, because that was around the time that he had died. That right? was the day he died on Thanksgiving the, Day. The day yeah. he died, wow. Yeah, so I told you that I thought that the your sense, this was just my my understanding that your sense of smell is very, very strong. One of the very strongest senses you have that remind you about people like somebody that wore some kind of perfume or, you know, just whatever. On Thanksgiving for a few years, it would bother me that, you know, they'd have turkey and everything because my grandmother that very day that he'd passed away was planning to come up and she came up to Long Beach and brought turkey and everything and I didn't like that that smell of turkey yeah. reminded me. I mean, I didn't literally know it, but I, I realized after, you know, a few years, every Thanksgiving, that would kind of bother me. I just think it's so 
wonderful that you're doing what you're doing. I know part of it is for yourself to make you feel more, I don't know, give you a deeper understanding and about her. I'm sorry that it's grieved you so much, but as I say, it's too bad that she didn't wasn't so ill before she passed away, you know, so that you could have still been being interacting with her at the time and but she wasn't. Yeah. So that's sad for you. I'm sorry. No. So, no. But I, I appreciate it. It is it is tough for me. It's by talking to people who knew her it's mm-hmm. it's giving me I don't know, in some ways also a, a way to have some more closure, to have a different understanding of her. I mean, we're all just people doing the best we can and mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. you know, so I'm getting stories about her from different perspectives and mm-hmm. you know, if, if I can be honest, Nancy, without having this project, this may sound bad, but I don't know if I would reach out to you or the other people who knew her quite as much as I have and it's been a great excuse to get in touch and just share stories and mm-hmm. hear stories. It's been so wonderful speaking to you. And I know I haven't been much help, but I've... Oh, Nancy, you've been, you've been great. I really appreciate you sharing your, your experiences mm-hmm. with my mom and also just the experiences of your life. So I, I really yeah. appreciate just how open and, and sharing you, you've been. So okay. thank you. Okay. Well, good luck on your project. It's been <laughs> wonderful talking to you. Likewise. And... Take, take care, Nancy. I'm glad we were able to spend some time talking today. I hope you and Butch are doing well. Hopefully we can connect again soon. Okay. All right. We'll take care, and I will send you those things that I told you I would send you, and we'll That'd have to keep in touch. Okay. All okay, right. Take care, Nancy. You too. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to Nancy Hadzima for letting me record this conversation. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned some surprises. Before chatting with Nancy, I don't know that I would have described my mom as by the book. I certainly thought she was very responsible in how she led her life and raised me, but I could see why Nancy would choose those words. The surprise about their relationship was that Nancy did not know my mom as a close friend, but more as a boss. I'd heard Nancy's name so many times, I expected they were close, but as you heard, it wasn't that kind of connection. I wonder if Nancy was surprised my mom invited her to my wedding. When Nancy talked about her father dying on Thanksgiving Day, it reminded me of people I've met in grief groups who lost loved ones on or near the holidays. For them, the holidays become a painful reminder, especially in the first years. I know I asked my family to excuse me from a number of holiday activities last year. As we get into the holiday season, I'm reminded that not everyone is celebrating, and some people may need extra support. I'd love to hear from you. If this episode touched you in some way, if you have constructive feedback on how I could improve future episodes, or if you know someone with an important story to share, please contact me. You can send a note, or better yet, a voice memo to ggsgpodcast at gmail.com. Include your name and phone number so I can follow up with you. I have stickers. For a limited time, if you email me your mailing address, I'll send you a sticker with the show's logo on it. Again, the email address is ggsgpodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, if you like the show, please tell a friend who might appreciate it. If you want to help even more people discover the show and its message, 
rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Go Go Stop Go was produced by me, Jay Badenhope. Music by Poddington Bear. The show's website is gogostopgo.com. Take care of yourself.